This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled to be joined by a brilliant leader, a, a someone who serves as Senior Vice President Kaufman Hall, but also has had a brilliant career before that as well. We're joined tonight by Adnan Qureshi, and I was going to talk to us about what he's watching sort of in 2023, what trends in healthcare is watching, what's happened on the finance side and so forth. I, I know he, like myself, is a proud graduate of the University of Illinois, so we're a huge fan, even without getting started, but we've known a lot more than that as well. And I, you take a moment. Tell us what you're seeing in mergers and acquisitions. Tell us what the, what the, what the temperature's out there in healthcare. Uh, give us your sense of that and, and introduce yourself. Thank you, Scott. Uh, thank you for having me on. My name, as you said, is Adnan Qureshi. I'm a senior vice president in our partnerships and a group at Kaufman Hall. Um, to introduce Kaufman Hall briefly, um, Kaufman Hall has been a trusted advisor to health systems, ambulatory providers, financial sponsors, for over 35 years. We have over 250 employees nationwide. Um, the firm has really grown under the leadership of Ken Kaufman to provide advisory in treasury and capital markets, strategic and financial planning, performance improvement in my group and M&A. Um, in addition to our traditional advisory services, we also have a robust data science team, which is responsible for publishing Kaufman Hall's flash reports and industry insights. Uh, prior to joining Kaufman Hall, my background has been almost exclusively focused on the non-hospital care continuum. So after starting my career as a generalist, my, my roles within healthcare have been in strategic development at DaVita, uh, working at their in-house specialty pharmacy, which subsequently sold to Walgreens. I also spent time covering healthcare partners while at DaVita, which subsequently was divested to Optum. Um, and I also had the privilege of working at SCA Health, uh, before and after the acquisition by Optum in 2017. Thank you very, very much. As you look at the M&A world today, it seems like a lot of smaller systems, particularly rural community hospitals under stress, uh, larger systems also showing some big losses. What does that mean from an M&A, from a consolidation perspective? We do see announcements of mergers and acquisitions and consolidations. What are you seeing out there? So we're seeing a lot of conversation around that type of consolidation for smaller systems with smaller balance sheets continue to be constrained. So if they made it through 2022, they may be reevaluating their capital position and evaluating their market presence, their capital resources, their talent, and their flexibility to remain independent in the future. So we're seeing a lot of activity across the size spectrum and also on the larger side, you know, with the large announcement of the Advocate Health merger um, in 2022, there's been a lot of exploration in the cross-market cross merger space. I think there's going to be a lot more exploration as health systems look to build geographic diversity, revenue diversity. We're seeing a lot of renewed attention, especially with the hope of operating pressures perhaps easing up this year relative to last year. And what are people seeing on those operating prices? Are they seeing sort of the labor costs, the travel agency costs, some of the costs out of the equation? The reimbursement side seems relatively stable, but not going up enough. But on the cost side, is that coming a little bit more under control? So that's what we observed towards the end of 2022, is that the non-labor expense rate inflation really went a little bit down, which we were excited about and led to some optimism coming into this year. On the workforce side, it's still a very complicated conversation. There's still you know, the fundamental challenge with respect to 
a national labor shortage still exists, particularly in the nursing space. But you know, the, the point of optimism is there's a lot of great organizations that have made investments in sourcing as well as retention. And so we're seeing, we're seeing retention around 20% right now, which is elevated from historic norms. But the optimism there is that the investments that were made in 2022 will hopefully start paying off in 2023. But again, um, still, still a lot of challenges for the industry at large. I think all three rating agencies have negative or negative outlooks on, on how performance is going to be in 2023. So it's not so much that we're hoping for things to get significantly better, but we're hoping to see things not get significantly worse. Thank you. And, and you're, is there an optimum size for health systems? We see more and more. So, for example, this is the Atrium Advocate Aurora merger that creates a $25, $30 billion system. There's the Common Spirit system, which is a $30, $30 billion system. It, and then you, you did for a period of time work for Optum, which had acquired SEA Health. Of course, Optum United is a $300 billion plus company. Is there a size that health systems have to, have to be to be valuable, or is it much deeper than just size? What, what defines the ability to continue to thrive or, or make a go at it as a health system today? So there's, there's a few factors, and size is certainly one of them, right? Because it helps inform your capital resources, how much money you have to weather a storm like 2022. And I'd say the conversation in general over the past couple of years has been that, that kind of baseline number to remain independent seems to be creeping up each year really as a, as a function of the macro market environment, the operating pressures. And to your first point, when we first started chatting, the inability to change the revenue trajectory when you have the cost turn upside down on you. That being said, it is very local, right? And if you have a market presence and you have market essentiality, if you're a service line leader that can attract and kind of define your territory and not fall victim to disruptive trends that are coming from outsiders, if you can manage to retain your workforce, really, you're, you're in great shape, right? You're, you as a smaller organization can continue to thrive, but that only comes with the investments and capabilities, focusing on your market presence, your talent, your ability to partner when you need to, um, even beyond just the scope of a system-to-system -system transaction, looking at partnerships on the for-profit spectrum, identifying the areas where you want to own fully versus where it's beneficial to have an outsourced partner. When you see, so there's, there is market essentiality, size is important because it informs your ability to take risks, to put things to work, to go after things, you know, your capital your ability to do so. When you say greatly run systems, any things that come to mind, anything that you think about when you see a system that's well run? For, for me personally, what I've come across is those who are planning for the future years in advance um, have really done well or immediately see the trend. And that's what we observed during the pandemic is those systems that started, started working on their workforce in 2020 as opposed to 2021 saw better outcomes those who understand what disruptors are doing in their marketplace in a more nuanced fashion and are investing in potentially partnering with them or defensive strategies to not have to partner with them and being intentional about that 
has really separated those who are being more reactionary and managing some of the fires that are kind of popping up as they pop up versus those who had the vision up front to manage through. Thank you very much. And Adnan, anything else you wanted to share today? Will the Align make it back into the top 25 this year? Any other thoughts you wanted to share about healthcare or otherwise? Uh, I'm really excited for the Illini next year. I'm not sure so much about this year. Um, but, you know, the, in, in terms of healthcare, the one thing I did want to share um, is we're, I'm really excited and I'm really focused about the collaboration between sponsor backed organizations and health systems. It seems like both sides are really coming to the table um, with something to gain and a recognition of the essentiality. Um, of, of each other. So if you think about the financial sponsor space, they're dealing with the same credit environment. We're not seeing a lot of deal activity this year. Portfolio companies theoretically should be very much focused on value creation and creating a growth story for that eventual exit. And what better way to do it with the health system that's thinking about transformation, thinking about the future and trying to rationalize their limited resources in how they partner in the ambulatory space. Thank you. Let me ask you one other question. Well, we have Jan. We're going to capital issues, sir. As interest rates get closer to this 5% or at least the Fed funds rate, that means a much higher borrowing rate for hospital systems, although tax exempt, but still high borrowing rates. What impact does that have on the hospital's ability to sustain themselves and their, and their balance sheets? Well, it's certainly challenging when you're thinking about expansion. And I think it feeds into your original question about what we're seeing in the M&A space. It really just starts increasing that number of your size and your ability to manage risk when you have macro risk that you can't necessarily control. So what we're seeing it do is encourage those types of conversations system to system about what combinations could potentially work where you had systems historically that were fiercely independent. And then on the ambulatory side, why it's creating a little bit more rationale for health systems to say, look, it would be great to build a strategy around XYZ service line. Let's bring in someone that's focused on that exactly, find something that's mutually beneficial from an economic standpoint, and live with the trade-off of not putting the capital out there up front and having a skilled operator come and focus on that element of the business while you manage all the other transformational things you're working on. Thank you very, very much. Adnan, I want to, I want to thank you for joining us again. Adnan Qureshi uh, at, at Kaufman Hall. You know, a, a quick shout-out to Ken Kaufman, one of the brightest guys in the business uh, for, for a long time, just as good a person as they come. Uh, it, thank you very much for joining us, Adnan. Great firm, great thoughts. Uh, again, Adnan Qureshi, Senior Vice President, Mergers and Acquisitions of Kaufman Hall. Wonderful to visit with you today. Thank you very much. Thanks, Scott. My pleasure.